My name is Kevin Selden, and this is the DILF Podcast. As in dad, I'd like to friend. In today's episode, we explore the many ways parenthood changes our lives, especially when in quarantine, where many of us have been forced to reprioritize what's truly important, including the need for each of us to allow ourselves the room to be truly vulnerable in front of our partners and our children. Okay, James, welcome. I love your title, by the way. I think it touches upon the fact that a lot of times when we become fathers, that's one of the first things that we tend to lose in our lives, the male camaraderie, the brotherhood, uh, sense of connection with the other guys. Especially, I know when my daughter was born, I felt just sort of an immediate disconnection to some of my closer friends who didn't have kids. I couldn't agree more. Yeah. It wasn't their fault. It was just, you know, because I'll get texts like, hey, come out to the comedy show. And I'm like, well, you know, I, I got a five month old. Like, well, bring the kid. And it's it, it just like, you know what I mean? I felt like we were in two different worlds now. And there's no way they could understand where I'm at unless they're going through it themselves. It's so true. And also with the friends who were dads, it is such a different world based on what age their kids are at. Mm -hmm. At the same time, just because, you know, I meet someone, I meet another guy and he happens to be a dad doesn't mean that we are going to immediately connect outside of the fact that we both have babies, we're toddlers, because he may have a complete different philosophy of life, parenting, spirituality, interest. Right. So a lot of times I've seen the other side of the spectrum happen where, you know, people just kind of get together where you join these dad groups and you also feel like, well, I don't really have a lot in common with these guys. So I don't, you know, so then where's my place right now? Who, who's my community? And the interesting thing is that for moms, there are, there's such a multitude of platforms for them to meet other moms. Mm -hmm. But with dads, you have this limited, um, limited opportunities to find friends. And if they're not your bestie, you're kind of like, well, now I'm screwed. You know what I mean? <laughs> yep. Yeah. Or I don't want to really hang with this person, but I guess I'll hang with them again. Yeah. You know, because yeah. I need another dad that's a similar age with the kid. You know, it's we need to build a daddy and me clubs. Yeah. I actually am in the process of building a Facebook community for DILF. And we're planning a bunch of dad dinners and talking with a bunch of brand partners about creating experiences for dads. I love that. Uh, once everything starts to pick up again. But I feel like one thing we all have in common as men is that often in this modern world, as much as many men are modernizing and are more in touch with their feelings, we are not given a, a variety of platforms to have feelings and express them. Have you found that as a man? Well, I do agree with what you're saying that we are going through a transition and an evolution and there is more longing and desire to create space where men can feel heard, seen, explore their feelings, uh, feel into their emotions. And it is a change because traditionally, traditionally that wasn't so available. So we are sort of going into, I think, a new generation of this. And I think more is always needed. You know, I think it's up to people like ourselves in these times to create that space. I know for me, I started a men's group last year under the umbrella of Everyman, which is an organization that helps men start conscious men's groups across the world. Yeah. And that has been so valuable. Half of the 
there's about nine of us and half of the guys in the group happen to be dads. And that ranges from, you know, newborns to toddlers to expecting father to, you know, we have uh, a screenwriter with six children. So it's been really nice to have men in different stages of fatherhood. And also from a couple of different generations, I feel like there's so much value in having a community where people have sort of intergenerational experiences. Because back in the day when we used to live in tribes, that was part of our society. That was part of our ecosystem where, you know, we were around other neighbors, uncles, our brothers, our fathers, our grandfathers, and people provided different experiences and knowledge and wisdom there were different rituals for us to go into fatherhood or enter into manhood and a lot of that has been lost and we don't live in those types of tribal settings anymore so we have to intentionally create it and that's one of the ways that we can do it i love that i mean not many of us are lucky enough to have discovered a space like that that you have found so i think that's very beautiful i feel like i always equate it to having a dorm in college and when we when we <laughs> when we graduated it was like oh god where i like being able to walk outside my door and having friends right there you know we all lived in the same apartment complex in my 20s just so we could kind of replicate that atmosphere and once you have kids it's even more separate than it was when you left college it's, yeah it's which I think that's why this idea of community living is slowly coming back into the mainstream of course it's going to look different now than, Definitely. you know, it did, you know, a hundred years ago. But uh, yeah, I mean, you know, there's a saying that it takes a village and it's really true. You know, we were meant to raise our families and be families around one another. And that has been one of the, I think, biggest challenges for fathers today, where as soon as you become a father and a family man, it tends to get a little more isolating. And, yeah. you know, as men, a lot of us have the responsibility to be the financial provider, not always, um, but a lot of times we do. And so there's this idea that we have to be the foundation, we have to be the support, we have to be strong for our wives and our partners and, you know, for them to feel secure and safe so that they can really focus on you know, the baby or children. And Which doesn't allow much room for us to be vulnerable. Yeah, or share fears. Or, you know, I've had so many times during my first year in fatherhood where I felt like I was just on the verge of crumbling. And I'm like, I got to hold it together. There's, there's no room for this right now because yeah. my wife is getting so little sleep and she's breastfeeding and she's having to get up in the middle of the night to pump and you know she's not working so so we're single income family so like i gotta get my you know bleep together and uh, by the way i don't know i uh, are we pg language on this podcast no nah, you could do it <laughs> okay well yeah you know excuse my friend but i, I gotta yeah. keep my shit together right now you know yeah. and and a lot of times that is true. And I think that's part of the responsibility that we do need to carry. And it's important for us to take time to allow these feelings to be heard and shared in some sort of setting. 
or else they just kind of implode and become even worse and eventually i feel like become a battleground between partners oh my god which is why you know there's this old saying like don't get a divorce during your first year of parenthood yeah. because people know how challenging that time is your emotions and your hormones and everything is amplified and it's going to be operating at like at a 10 or a 12 and you're just going to have to know this is you know you almost have to tell yourself ahead of time like this is going to be an emotional boot camp yeah for a year and i just have to mentally prepare myself to go through that and it's just so crazy not only dealing with the changes in your own life of becoming responsible for another human being and then learning how to actually deal with the baby but the changes in your relationship with yeah. your partner mm -hmm. there it's it's such an intense beautiful but intense time yes that was that was huge for me because i really had to mourn the end of me and jamie my wife's dynamic pre-baby and once the baby was born it was going to be a new dynamic and a new chapter and not that one is better or worse than the other it's just different you know change yeah. is the only constant thing in this world in our lives so we have to acknowledge or i needed to acknowledge that that chapter was ending and also kind of you know celebrate it and mourn it properly and you know, love it and respect it and honor it for what it is and and also really kind of create a space to usher in in this new chapter, which is beautiful and amazing and incredible. You know, it's I mean, it's this this chapter in this journey that I'm in right now in terms of parenthood and fatherhood and our marriage is the greatest chapter of my life. Has yeah. it been hard? Fuck yeah. <laughs> it's been so challenging and uncomfortable, but so great and so incredible and so amazing. Well, this is why um, James and I have been talking for quite some time about bringing him onto the podcast. He was a fan of the concept before the podcast even began, and he is a like-minded soul. I feel like one thing that I've loved about you is your availability to be vulnerable and to admit how vulnerable you've been in front of your children. You did a dad truth that we shared mm -hmm. a little while back through Instagram, talking about how you just had that breakdown in the very beginning when you were sitting in the chair, holding yeah. your baby girl and all the stress adding up. Tell, tell me a little about that. Yeah, I believe Kailea, my daughter was four or five months and I had her in the rocking chair. I was feeding her. I may have been alone in the house. And I think it was just particularly a challenging month. And all the emotions that I think I've been holding just kind of broke through. It was as if like the dam broke and I needed that release. And I was just, I was kind of sobbing. And I was also trying to hold it together so that my baby didn't freak out. Yeah. But at the same time, I felt like it was important to just be transparent with who I am. And I was, as I was sobbing, I was talking to her. I'm like, um, Hey, sweetheart, it's okay. Daddy's just really feeling sad and broken and hurts right now. And I'm just expressing my emotions and I love you. And she actually looked at me and then started smiling and then like giggling. <laughs> so either she didn't know what was going on or she intuitively felt like, Oh, this is good for you. you know? Yeah. This, this is what you need. I yeah. Need to I respect that you're giving this to me. Yeah, she was happy for me. And 
also it gave me incredible amount of empathy and compassion because how many times have my wife uh, could have gone through those times, you know, where I'm not home and she's feeding the baby and she's been on that rocking chair a million times. And, you know, during the first year, there were times where I had to be away for 11 days. And I'm sure that was very difficult and challenging for her. So it allowed me to connect and empathize with my wife even more. And at the same time, knowing that, wow, it's, it has been challenging for me and I need to just acknowledge that. I think that is a beautiful transition to discussing a bit about this quarantine. In episode five, we talked a lot about the brain science behind stress, and we really kind of delved into how we as parents can work on not passing our anxieties on to our, our children. And I feel like what you just said beautifully expresses how important it is for us not to hide our emotions and put on a brave face for our kids, because it just implodes and, and becomes a worse situation. And sometimes it's okay to let everyone know when things are stressful, but we'll get through it together. It builds strength. Yeah, I think one of the biggest gifts that we can give to our children and our partner and to our friends and community is the fact that we're human and we are we're paradoxical in nature. You know, we are incredibly strong and brave and also very sensitive and very vulnerable and that that's all part of who we are you know yeah and and so i think when i'm willing to share all aspects of myself and let myself be seen that way i know that it has always brought me closer to the people that i'm around or that i'm in relationships or friendships with i love that so for those of you listening at home as many of you probably know james is a very talented actor um, has worked on some major shows, and he is a working actor, meaning he is constantly working <laughs> and is always traveling and always uh, working on a different project. So my curiosity, uh, initially prior to quarantine, we were going to have a talk about work-life balance. But now with quarantine, I feel like it's more interesting to actually discuss how it's been not traveling for work and kind of being home and although you are a very responsible dad, having even more weight on your shoulders than you've had before and sharing that responsibility with your wife. Yeah, the first couple of weeks was such a transition. And I think for me, because I'm so used to a diverse set of experiences and I need a lot of variety in my life, I do love traveling. I love when I'm able to work in a different state or a different country. And so the first couple of weeks was really tough for me. I felt trapped, suffocated, oppressed. And my wife wanted to set some parameters in terms of who we can interact with, what kind of activities that I can or cannot do. And that caused some tension. And, yeah. you know, and, and then add on the fact that I was going through my own emotional journey of like, well, you know, the industry is going to be shut down for a few months. Like, who am I outside of my work life? Like, what is my yeah. identity? And so I went through all of that. Um, also, just feeling like, oh, my God, my world has completely shrunk into the size of my living room. And now, because we couldn't have sitters over to our place, you know, we had our daughter full time, which meant, you know, I was going to be with her every day, you know, at least three to four hours to myself. And I just... I love every minute of it. And I, I'm so grateful for the gift 
that these times have been. And, um, but it was yeah. a change. How are you doing with the kind of redefining of identity? I feel like when I first became a dad, it was exactly what happened with me too. I had to kind of redefine who I was and not define myself by work anymore. And it made me more true to myself. Yeah, I remember, God, this experience. So I went on this 10-day silence meditation retreat called Vipassana. And during that time, it was the hardest thing that I've ever had to do in my life and the best thing that I've ever done. But it was so uncomfortable because it brought up so many of old wounds and just, you know, childhood memories where just a lot of stuff that I felt, you know, ashamed about or hurt from. And and I had to just really face it and de dealt with it. And interestingly enough, this COVID situation also brought that up. It was like a mini Vipassana. Yeah. Well, that's interesting because it, it's been said many times that Corona isn't doing as much to create new problems. Of course, there's a lot of problems that have happened with people health-wise and, and professionally, but mm -hmm. it's really even more so shining a bright light on existing problems in our world and especially in our homes. Yes. So it makes sense that that would have happened. Yes. You know? Yes. So it's, you know, it really shone a light on just some of the personal aspects of my life that I really needed to look at, you know, character, integrity, um, you know, again, where is my worth coming from? What do I value? You know, these are questions that I needed to sort of reevaluate and reassess because I think it's easy for me to get into the flow of life and work and family and friends and feeling like, you know, my life is pretty amazing right now. And uh, my life, I do feel it's very blessed and I'm grateful every day. And a lot of times I can sort of use that as sort of a buffer and a distance to not look at these things. And so when all of these things came up, whew, it was it was uncomfortable. All of these things, meaning the feelings of not identifying yourself by work or what kind of things are we talking about? Yeah, really had to ask some difficult questions. You know, for example, like outside of acting, who am I? Let's say that industry no longer existed. Like, am I okay with just simply who I am, you know? And if not, if there are aspects of myself that I don't like, then why is that? And what can I do about it? So I had to really kind of dive into these questions and it kind of sucked, you yeah. know? I didn't like the timing of it because, um, you know, I, I had been gone for a couple of months uh, from LA and I got into a really nice workflow and I was really looking forward to writing like, just like, oh, yeah, 2020, I feel great. And I'm, you know, I, I'm ready to, like, take it to another level. And then this thing happened. And I was like, whoa, what's what's going on? And, um, but if you, if now I'm looking back, I'm like, oh, this is so perfect. 2020 is about clarity. It's about vision. And, of course, of course, that this should happen right now so that I could really sort of look at some of the, rooms in my soul and my heart that I hadn't looked at and really do some spring cleaning. I couldn't agree more. And kind of get back to my own spiritual practice, you know, whether that's meditation and uh, practicing mindfulness, doing some writing and a lot of those things that I have sort of kind of let myself slip away from. And so these times have really been a gift. Of course, I know and acknowledge how difficult it has been for a lot of people. And, you know, I want to acknowledge that I 
I'm in a very privileged position for to even go into yeah. that space. You know, some of the people are, you know, they're thinking about next month's rent or, you know, I have a friend whose, you know, father passed away and she couldn't go to the funeral, you know, because of COVID. And, and so, and these are real pain and suffering that people are um, hurting from. So, uh, so yeah. that's real. I couldn't agree more, but I do think it's important to not take away the bravery and courage that you have shown in actually delving in to your own demons during a time where many are feeling very apathetic mm. and don't want to do anything. So as much as we are in a privileged situation to not be dealing with a health issue and to not necessarily have um, maybe a financial issue at this time, I still think it's a very brave and difficult thing to look inside yourself. And I think it's the perfect time to do it. But I think it's a really cool thing and commendable that you have done that. Yeah, thank you. I received that. And it has been really rewarding. And to be able to be in process of that and to share that with, you know, some of the guys in the men's group, some of my friends, you know, guys like you that I've been talking to. And I think I'm seeing a really cool transition, even as our society as a whole, you know, we are sharing more being in process because I think so much of social media was about sharing like the highlights of your life, you know? And, and a lot of times it created this comparison FOMO where it's like, Oh, you're comparing your behind the scenes with someone else's highlight reel. And you're like, well, I want that. Why, why don't I have that? And, you know, it's so easy for us to kind of get into this mental spiral down the rabbit hole. I mean, that's literally what Instagram is. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And and now I'm, and, and of course, that's, that will always exist in some form, but I've seen so many great examples of people going live and using it as a platform to offer and be in service, whether that's a dance class, a workout video, or um, offering something during these times where people can feel connected and healed and um you know, providing free therapy sessions or wellness. So I'm seeing a lot of beautiful examples of that. And it's funny, uh, this is the first, I think, sort of global, I don't want to call it a tragedy because, uh, because I think there's, it's, that tends to feel very one-sided for me, a sort of a global um, event where we get to kind of share it, like, as a world, as, as one community, you know, um, the way that 9-11 did for New York, you know, I, I grew up in New York City. So when 9-11 happened, you know, even though I was in L.A., that like it had it was very close to home for me. I still have family there. And and but we as a generation haven't gone through something like this where we globally as a community could come together and just experience something together and relate and empathize and and grow in our compassion and our self-growth and our spirituality. You know, I, I would like to say that I thought myself to be very positive and was working hard to be very uplifting to others during this time period. But I think that um, it's hard to figure out your feelings. I've been very open about the fact that at first I kind of pushed down a lot of my emotions when Corona hit and tried to show a brave face and kind of had my own versions of breakdowns. And, uh, and I thought I was through it, but listening to you just now, I realized how much negativity has still been kind of remaining inside of me. And a lot of times mm. when I've been seeing people 
do these things on Instagram and, and go live, a lot of my, and I'm not a negative person, but I guess there's this twinge of negativity from everything that's going on in the world that makes me feel like, ugh, so now we're just even more marketing. Everyone's just found mm-hmm. all these new creative mm-hmm. ways to market themselves. And, and maybe it's because I come from a marketing background. I've just been so grossed out by uh, the neediness and demand for everyone to be seen during this time. And mm-hmm. you, your words actually um, almost did a refresh. I, I love what you just said. And I love thinking about it as this opportunity for us all to come together. I've said the words before, but I don't think I've taken it to heart because I think I've been really looking at it from glasses half empty and viewing it mm-hmm. as people kind of gluttonously. I, you watch these brands and, and it's like mm-hmm. they do these commercials about how they're giving back. And it's like, are you giving back? Or are you really just trying to get more brand equity by saying how much you're giving back? You know, mm. and it's just a negative spin. And I think there's something to be said for just looking at the purity of the actions themselves and forgetting about the motives and just seeing the beauty in people doing things that lift other people's day. Yeah. And, you know, I, I think whatever comes up, I think it's it's OK to just acknowledge it and just know that, that we, you know, we are allowed to feel a spectrum of emotions and feelings. and. I know for me, there are days where I'm just, you know, I'm saying it to no one, but I'm like, okay, enough with the news, you know, and enough with these like obsession about checking what the status is every hour, every day. Like, you know, it's life will continue. And, you know, sometimes when I get in a very judgmental space, I'm like, okay, why, why am I feeling that there must be something that I'm not doing uh you know in terms of being in service and and maybe i'm not satisfied about that or i'm there's something about there's something you're holding back exactly 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 so so when i feel that i'm like i I try to ask the question to myself okay how can i channel that energy into what can i share or do right now that can just be helpful whether that's helpful to my wife my daughter to the people in my building to just, you know, people on my street were just like, you know, the other day I, I went on a walk with my daughter and she walked two miles that day over two walks. And I was so proud of her. And I just simply share, like, I just want to invite everybody to move their bodies during these times. Cause it's so, you know, easy to kind of forget, you know, when you're, there's so much noise to filter through or process, but you know, whether it's a dance class or, you know, walking around the block safely or you know you know there's so many workout videos that people are providing now or doing yoga in your living room whatever it is just move your bodies and there's ways to feel better just simply by being in movement so it's so true and it and it's we can get caught in our brains you know in the very beginning of quarantine i had this moment i i'm not sure if i told you about this um, we, my parents had just been in bed for days and they were kind of depressed. And when they talked to my son, they were just apathetically lying in bed and trying to sing to him from bed. And he was bored because mm. they were lying in bed and, um, and they were still in the pajamas and we got them to get up and do the hokey pokey. <laughs> and it really lifted their spirits and my, and my son's spirits. And basically it like, it not only lifted endorphins, but it kind of cheered them up. So we had my wife's parents do it. And so I decided to launch this hokey pokey challenge and uh, to get, you know, parents to have um, their kids inspire their own parents, you know, to get out of bed so that 
so that the grandparents were moving and getting active. And I got really excited by, I made a little video and started to spread the word and, uh, and we got traction, you know, people magazine picked it up and it was getting momentum. And I think I started to go on in my head of strategies and marketing tactics to spread the word and stopped actually being of service Mm -hmm. and coming up with new ideas, you know, like it's only been a week or two, but yet it's like, you have to, you have to be of service every day. You have to kind of put yourself out there and be physically active every day because every day is a new, is a new weight in quarantine. Yeah. I'm so, I'm so glad you said that. Uh, So I have my daughter during the mornings, Monday, Wednesday, Friday. And so at 10 o'clock we've been doing these, dance parties on Instagram live that uh, so Twitch from Ellen and Ellison Holker from dancing with the stars. They do like a dance workout video, like from their living yeah. room, from their house. So I turned that on and I love the music. And then I just kind of dance with my daughter and that's been so much fun. And it's so funny. The other day I had it on and she was into it for like five minutes and then she wasn't. But I was like really into it, right? So I was like, come on, Kay. And I was just like dancing and I went through it. And then I did the whole thing and I was looking at my daughter and I was like, oh man, I'm just kind of doing like what I'm into. I'm not really acknowledging or honoring like, what is she into right now? So, and then we went for a walk and I just kind of turned off the phone and, and that was like, we just had a beautiful walk and I was just totally in. And so... You know, that's been a great lesson for me, too, is because right now there's so many things being offered, Yeah, you know, that you could literally be online like all day because there's some play reading or Zoom conference or free workshop or some kind of online offering that's being offered, which is great because so much is available now. And, and democratizing education like this is so awesome to see. And for me, I've had to really learn to like, okay, you know what? I'm just going to be present with my daughter for yes. four hours yes. and just completely have the phone up. That, that's what we all seem to be lacking is yeah. this interesting thing where there's so much out there now that we're all complaining about the fact that we're in quarantine. So everyone is working to entertain us and come up with opportunities. But what we really need to do is turn off our phones and devices and yeah. connect yeah. inside our own homes. Yeah, I mean, that's all what episode seven was about is that my wife and I working so hard to be connected to our son kind of lost our connection to each other throughout all of this and it was like how can we find ways to reconnect as partners and as as lovers yeah and that is such an important thing to address and discuss not only during covid but but as you become parents you know i know there was a huge thing for me where our daughter was born and we had this amazing being that brought us joy and laughter every day and i remember also, a few months later, feeling like I don't feel connected to my wife. Yeah. I feel really connected to my daughter, but I don't feel seen or heard or connected to my wife, my best friend, my soulmate, my twin flame. Like, and I feel like sometimes we are like roommates or like business partners. Yeah. Yeah. Business yeah. partners of like this amazing project that we both love. But I needed to really refocus on just reestablishing our connection. We need to redate yeah. and get to know each other again in this new form. And that will constantly 
have to happen and evolve because she and I will continue to grow, hopefully, into new beings. We're constantly changing, you know? And when we have our second child, it's going to be a different dynamic. And when we are older and when the kids are teenagers and, and, uh, and even not even in relation to our children, we, because we are, you know, experiencing different things and we're continually becoming different people. So, and that's not to discount all of our history, but it's just acknowledging that we are organic beings that are also changing and we have to honor that and be aware of that and create space for that. I, I absolutely love that. How are you two doing now with quarantine and being locked together while figuring out the new schedules? You know, I have my daughter about 24 hours a week. You know, my wife, has her probably like 50 hours a week, you know, or more. So, so really, first of all, yeah. I just want to acknowledge her for just being the primary caretaker and being so amazing and awesome. She's such an amazing mother and I love watching her in motherhood. It's, it's really deepened our love. And we've also been doing once a week counseling sessions, which has been so awesome and healthy. You know, we're doing it through Zoom. So we do it when my daughter's asleep during her nap. And are you specifically focusing on yourselves and your relationship as a couple more so than as co-parents? Yes. And of course, co-parenting elements will come up, you know, during the discussion. But it's really about our wellness and how we are doing in our relationship. And I love that we've created space for that. And it's been so healthy for us. And it's something that I look forward to just every week. You know, because even though you are living in the same space and and especially during this quarantine situation, you are in close proximity, that doesn't necessarily mean that, you know, having this time will be automatic. I, I found that we really have to be intentional about it. And also because our daughter is with us for so yeah. much of those times, we're not necessarily going to be in that space where we are diving into and discussing or feeling safe enough to, you know, share our struggles or our emotions or our feelings or some of the way that we may have thought or felt about certain things, you know, because I know when my daughter is in the same physical place with me, a lot of my attention and focus is naturally going to go to her and same for my wife. So, so that has been really awesome. We've also yeah. created uh, family Sundays where I really try to keep my phone off for the most part. And we take these walks and we all go to the park together as a family. And, you know, we're spending time outside doing picnicking or time with the phone off is so key with the family uh, during quarantine. Huge, I mean, all huge. the time, but specifically during quarantine. Yeah, absolutely. And so, so we have that, um, you know, we schedule our lovemaking. I know that sounds very sort of... Um... We literally had a fight about that in our last episode. I brought up my wife to talk about how we've been working on connections and she suggested and I am so against it because I feel like it totally creates a wrong dynamic. Yeah, Kev. Yeah, yeah, I feel you. And it's so funny because I used to be like that too, you know, pre-baby. I'm like, man, you know, listen, I, I love being spontaneous, organic, you know, and, and look, let's just kind of have an agreement like about how many times we may you know we'll make love during the week and then you know let's just kind of like let the moment happen uh and i realized yes it's great to have space for spontaneity and it's great to schedule in so that those organic spontaneity can happen you know by creating intentional time where we are it's just us and we set up the environment yeah you know and 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 yeah so it 
it's it's they're both important. You know? Oh, so you you're wanna... not scheduling sex. You're scheduling time to connect. Well, it's both. Oh, you're doing you know? both. Yeah, because we've been yeah, scheduling yeah. we've we are... been scheduling date nights and time to specifically connect. But I've kind of said if this leads to sex, amazing. If it doesn't, it, I don't want it to spoil the connection. I don't want it to absolutely. You know? I and I think that's great. And I think for me, I found it helpful to just really also schedule time specifically for lovemaking. However, yeah. that may look like, you know, uh, it doesn't always have to be about sex. You can just be intimacy, yeah. you know, but whatever way it may look like for us, you know, it, it, it's been important to yeah. schedule that so that it's in the calendar, just like everything else in my life. Look, I, I schedule my appointments, my, you know, classes, my workouts. Why wouldn't I schedule intimacy with my wife? Oh, so fascinating. This is something to delve into so much deeper at a later date. Um, I well, I I hear the kid in the background. Are they home now? <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. Well, just, yeah so. I'm really curious to know. Things have changed since quarantine. We we have talked a bit in the past about how your dad was kind of a workaholic, and I'm curious to know how mm-hmm. this experience of being at home in quarantine has kind of changed your mentality with regards to the amount of energy you put into work versus how much time you are actively present with the family. And if that will kind of adapt and change your mentality once lockdown orders have lifted. Yeah, it's been huge, you know, just having my daughter to myself for 24 hours a week and having this family time. I mean, I knew the value of it before, but I've realized now I'm like, wow, I don't want this to change. So even when quarantine lifts, you know, and post COVID, I, I think I'm going to keep a lot of the things in our schedules right now going forward and keep a lot of the practices. And it's so funny you mentioned my dad because he's reached out to me during these times more than he's ever have in his life. Yeah. You know, I remember I saw him in a 20 year stretch where he didn't take a single day off. Oh my God. You know, not, not any Christmas Eve or Christmas, Thanksgiving, New Year's Eve. The fact that he's reached out so much too, I think, you know, it's allowed him space to just, you know, realize how valuable family is. And hopefully that we're more purposeful about the work we choose to partake in. It almost shows us how valuable time is. I feel like so many dads will have a newfound respect for paternity leave that they didn't have before. Absolutely. Yeah. And for me, Again, that's why I feel like this time has been such a gift because, man, I wouldn't trade any of the minutes that I've had with, you know, my wife and my daughter. And um, I want to make sure that even going forward, that that's always the priority. Because at the end of the day, you know, when we, you know, we are going to pass away. And and when the time comes, are we really going to wish, oh, I had worked more? (laughs) Yeah, I couldn't agree more. You know, one of my favorite things you've touched on so far is the importance during this time for all of us as parents to actively be present and connected and not just fill the time and pass the hours and find the the opportunities online to make the time pass, but actually disconnect from the outside world in order to connect in our home. Absolutely. Thank you so much for coming on, James, and taking the time. Have fun with the wife and kid right now, and hopefully I will talk to you much more soon. Yeah, talk to you soon. Love you, man. Thank you all for listening. 